The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. All right, Russ. So what do you love about the short-term rental business? What do I love about the short-term rental business? I love the fact that I get to influence the outcome because I truly own a business and I can use my social platforms and my networks and connections to, to market it. Okay. Well, why would you ever start a short-term rental business? Because you have this infinite banking deal going on. Like why wouldn't you just stick with infinite banking? Cause infinite banking is just the place where I access and store cash. I need a place to put that money to work to create cash flow. I mean, ultimately, I need more cash flow than I have monthly expenses. And as you and I did the analysis, the short-term rental business was one of the higher cash-flowing businesses out there when done right. I love this episode because we're getting practical, right? The infinite banking process lends itself to building cash flows, not just sitting in the cul-de-sac of your infinite banking policy and just hoping to get rich, right? You've got to produce something. And that's what we did today in this episode. We talked about how to put those two things together. Now, what do you think is the worst thing about the short-term rental business? It, it kind of stinks when, um, you know, you have a unit and it's brand new, or at least you think it's brand new, and the heat pump goes out. Ooh, on the <laughs> coldest weekend of the, like, decade? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're in the hospitality <laughs> business, so there's sometimes where we – you fail in that and that's not fun. Like you never want to fail with people in there. And so that that's been an issue. We've, we've also been dealing with the COVID cancellations from time to time. People yeah. who are trying to get into the city that maybe because of their state locking down, or maybe because of the, the ice storm that came across recently, there was people that we had a 30 something day booking that had to cancel because they couldn't get here. Yeah. Well, or like JD's story, you, you might want to listen in on that. Um, it gets a little exciting when people show up with the, what do you say? The, the, the googly, smoke. googly smoke. Giggly smoke. <laughs> Giggly smoke. So anyway, if you are on this path to financial freedom, you've got your policy in place. It's time to belly up as we talk about how to leverage it into short-term rentals. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deep into your favorite subject, the infinite banking concept. I am one of your hosts today, Russ, the idea guy, Morgan, sitting around the table with the best coaches in the nation on this concept. 
To my right, I got the Italian stallion, Mr. Joey Murray. What's up, Joey? Hey, hey, hey. Happy to be here. Are you talking cash value and short-term rentals today? I'm all about it. You know anything about either? A little bit. Yeah, you better know a lot, man. I'm depending on your expertise. I'm bringing the heat today. Wake up in Birmingham, big time. This part of the episode is brought to you by (laughs) (laughs) wakeupinbirmingham.com. Nothing like a selfish plug in every moment I can get it. The anti-destination destination. destination. (laughs) When you don't need to be in Birmingham, but you have to be, no place to stay like wake up in Birmingham. All right, to the right, I got the man, the legend, the Indiana Jones of finance, downtown Ernie Brown. What's up, Ernie? How are you, man? Russ, I am doing chipper. You're doing chipper? I am chipper. Like the the chipper chicken? <laughs> no, like Chipper Jones, man. Ah, okay. Dude, bring it. Like, come on, Kate. Next week, we're going to have to get a little chipper, like, walk-up music for the startup. Heck yeah. Let's do that thing. All right, let's, let's get across the table. Let's see the man between two bamboos, the guy whose shirt and backdrop always match. He is the resident pilot. The Gooch, Mark Cargoosey. What's up, Mark? Not much, guys. Excited to hear more about STRs and how properly structured cash value whole life insurance can help. Well, I know that you're going to add a lot to that conversation because you went and like we did and went through a lot of training uh, to learn how to do that. And so I'm excited to hear uh, your feedback. But last but not least, the guy who always has something in his hand, has something in his mind, and the million-dollar smile, Mr. J.D. Hill. What's up, J.D.? Hey, how's everybody doing? You know, you 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 should have said I always have food that I'm eating um, because that would have been that would have been a lot more accurate. And I'm really excited about this because I uh, just had an incident in my short term rental with uh, some folks that were hitting the giggly smoke. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. They had they something were, in their mind too, huh? They were hitting the giggly smoke, and so we had to figure out a solution on how to uh, how to handle that situation. So I'm excited to, to talk about this. Not the giggly smoke. I'm just excited to talk about short-term rentals and, and <laughs> the what giggly we're doing. smoke. I knew California was coming to Texas, man, but I didn't know it got there that quick. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe, Joey's just finished up his own puffing over here. Man. Sorry for any uh, back music we have. So let, let's talk about this. Today's discussion is really more of a case study kind of talk, right? I, I think. When we're talking to you, a lot of times the question is, how do I use the cash value? And, you know, every time we can give an analogy or a a case study to tie it to something maybe you're looking into, I think it makes it a little more clear. So, Joey, as we're talking about short-term rental and cash value, what is your initial thoughts that we need to, like, bring to the table here? Well, first thing, I'm excited we're talking about this because, uh, on this show, we talk uh, sometimes too much in the weeds about what the policy itself is all about in infinite banking. And and we know, but sometimes, again, we lose sight of it, that the use of that policy is what creates financial freedom. The policy itself is not the end. It's the means to an end. And short-term rentals may be a path or a course that you need to be looking into to take action towards financial freedom. Now, today's not gonna be exhaustive, like it's not meant to be like a training course per se on how to do short-term rentals, but how when we partner these two things together, peanut butter and jelly, um, we can get there faster. So I'm, I'm excited that we're, we're taking an application um, on the course side of things. Well, Ernie, I, I think also we're gonna like 
take kind of a um, an example of one versus another through this. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk about Derek and Hansel. Is that is that what you came up with? That was not me. I'm more of the Van Halen brothers, but yeah. I, I do like Derek and Hansel. Yeah. Okay. So what what's your what's your take on this? How how is this episode going to break down, and what what do you feel like is going to be important to get across today? Well, the the goal is let's acquire short term rentals. So I guess we'll take Derek and we'll have him using an insurance policy and and using cash through the infinite banking concept. And I guess we'll take Hansel and show him just using his bank accounts and we'll see how that plays out. All right. Mark, let's, 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 before we get to Googly smoke over here, <laughs> give me, give me your feedback, right? So you ha- have been in, you know, study the short-term rental business quite well. And, and you obviously are coaching in the IBC world. How do you see these two things starting to play out in, in people's lives? Well, it, as one one feeds the other, and then it just feeds itself again. So, I mean, it, depending on on how you start through it, right? If 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 you opted to start with cash, and maybe you did that, and now you're hearing about this, and you're going, "Wow, I've got all this cash flow. What am I going to do with my cash flow?" Well, there's opportunities to recircle it back into your system, and then have that push forward. Conversely, if you opted to start with the IBC model, right? You, you started saving in a safe place. You, you recognize that and you were looking for your opportunity, right? You were moving to the next phase and now you've targeted STRs. Well, let's see how that plays out for you. Because remember, it's not how you drive. It's how you arrive. <laughs> Write that down. There you go. All right, JD, let's, uh, you want, you want to start us off with your STR there? Like you got a STR. Um, How'd you get started? How's it performing? What, what, what can we apply today's discussion toward from your experience? You know, one of my favorite podcast episodes that we did and the, uh, something that I talk about in probably every single one of my meetings is the hierarchy of wealth. And, um, you know, we have the foundation tier one, but tier two is control. And, and it's, it's investing in yourself, right? Cause you are your greatest asset. And when I heard about short-term rentals, and listen to um, some of the, the folks we've had on the show talking about it. I went all in. I'm a numbers guy, sort of crunching the numbers. I'm like, man, this makes perfect sense. Uh, and so I hired a coach to help me in that process. And we got started in right at the end of, um, it was like April or May of last year. Uh, so we're right in the middle of a pandemic, right? <laughs> Great time to start a short-term rental business. And we launched fully in uh, really into July, 1st of August. And um, we have a one bedroom duplex over here by TCU. I live in Fort Worth. Um, and as soon as we hit go, we had like a two week booking. And it was fantastic. And getting started was interesting because obviously it does take some capital to get started in those types of things. But the, the, the thing that I really liked was, was having the ability to use my policy right? To, to be able to, to get that short-term rental started, but not have to be so concerned about making, um, loan repayments right away. Right. And so, so that was beneficial to me because it gave us the ability to really start working on the mechanics and the business model itself of our short-term rental, Mm -hmm. um, to really start to try to get profitable. Now, I don't want to miss this. You made, made a very clear comment earlier about, I'm a numbers guy. I saw the numbers and I was like, I'm all in. Like what, what sort of numbers, not, you don't have to go into like your, 
specific ones on your current deal, but when you heard about these, why was it such a no brainer to you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I did the investor DNA and you guys did not give me a discount. I'm really disappointed. I had to pay for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved about it is it, is it, it helped me realize what I already knew about myself and it just confirmed it for me. And one is that I'm super detail oriented, but I don't really want to be that hands-on. So being a tenant for like a, or excuse me, being a landlord to a long-term rental was not something I was really interested in doing, but the short-term rental thing was more exciting to me because it was quick turnover. Right. And, and I wasn't managing people as much like the same way you would a, a, a long term rental was. And the amount of capital necessary to get into short term rentals, that blew my mind that you could do rental arbitrage rather than actually having to purchase the actual property outright. And so when you think about the barrier of entry in a lot of way for folks that are wanting to do real estate investing, saving up a lot of money for a down payment on a property, and then the risk of trying to, how do you find a good tenant? Do they not pay? Like all those types of things were, were things that were looming in the back of my mind, but I knew I wanted real estate. And the thing I really liked about short-term rentals and renting was one, I mitigated my risk exponentially because I was only married to a 12-month lease, right? I didn't have to put a down payment to buy the property. It was just the security deposit. So my outlay from a cash flow standpoint was significantly smaller than what it would be to actually get a long-term rental started. And then when we look at the cash flow, that was fantastic because I'm just like a hotel. I'm charging a daily rate for somebody to come and stay right at, at, at our rental. Those are the things that I was just processing through when I talk about the numbers and it, it was yeah. a no brainer for me. I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. All right, let's break down a few of the words. I want to make sure we don't uh, have lose someone behind because of uh, kind of jargon. So you said the word arbitrage. For for those of you not understanding what JD's talking about, rental arbitrage. Instead of buying the unit, JD literally goes and gets a lease for twelve months, just like a regular long term renter would. And he does let the 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 landlord know, hey, I'm going to be putting this on sites like Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, so forth and renting it on a nightly basis. They, they sign off of that, say, no problem. As long as you pay me every month, you take care of my property, I'm good with it. And we say, okay, we're off to the races. So JD goes in and his only out of pocket was the, the first month's rent and probably maybe as, you know the last month's rent on the front end. And then you have to outfit the place. And depending on the unit size, right? You may pay anywhere between 15 to $17 a square foot to outfit it. So you can do the math depending on the size of the unit. So, so now when you take a loan, JD, against your life insurance policy, which you said you did, you don't have the pressure to pay it back. But what you have is cash flow. And, and this was a discussion we were just having where people are trying to find the value of IBC earning. They, they're trying to say, well, this is just an alternative to my checking account. The difference is, is, is JD's, is it a one bedroom or two bedroom, JD? It's a one bedroom duplex. Okay. So he's got a one bedroom and do you have both sides of it or just one side of it? I have just one side. Okay. So he's probably bringing in somewhere between 500 to $800 a month after paying all expenses. Is that pretty close? Up? Oh. No, we're, we're, yeah, we're closer to about 1200. Okay. Jo Joey, we got to expand out to Fort Worth. Uh, um, clearly <laughs> our, our numbers here in Birmingham are not as high as that, but good for you, man. That's, that's awesome. So you got uh, JD's getting, you know, $1,200 a month in cash flow coming back. He's got, what, what's your rent on that place? Uh, 1,025. 
1025. So he, he's got an expense of 1025, but after all paying all the expenses, he's putting 1200 in his pocket. And if it cost him 15 grand, that's probably high, but if it cost him 15 grand to get it all set up, you see that cash is coming back in a hurry. The average person is going to be sticking that into a checking account. And how much would that be earning for him? 0. 0.0. 0. 0.0. So JD's got 15 grand or whatever it is at work inside the insurance policy, still earning its three to 5%. And He's reducing his loan balance at a very rapid pace with this $1,200 a month coming in. You starting to see the writing on the wall here, Joey? I'm, I'm getting it, man. I'm slow, but I'm getting it. it. Are you wanting to get some more units in the short-term rental space? I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm going to have to go see, see you out in Fort Worth, but absolutely. Yeah, we're not, we're not expanding Wake Up in Birmingham into Fort Worth, just so we're clear. I got this market on lock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Wake Up in Fort Worth coming near you. Uh, domain just purchased. Uh, no, y'all go right. ahead and go to honeyparkhomes.com. <laughs> okay. I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. The reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed, and only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right, so go to westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15-minute conversation, gain clarity. But now let's jump back into today's episode. Now, hey, listen, it's not all rain, raindrops and roses, though, right? I mean, Kish, actually, in our inner circle here, just brought up a great point. What risks are there with short-term rentals? Like, Mark, what would you say from having gone through some of the study that you've done and um, experience, what would you say are those risks? The, the upfront initial risk that was always in my mind, which I thought was the easiest one to quantify, was J.D. said it you're tied into a 12 month lease. Okay. So worst case scenario, I know I'm going to have to pay for a 12 month lease. So really that's not, now I know that the, the, the worst case I'm stuck with a 12 month lease. I, I pay out the landlord and then I'm done. Right. I pick an area. It ends up being a dud doesn't work out for whatever reason. Okay. All I do is pay off the 12 months and I'm good. Imagine if I had made a down payment on a home in that area and it turns out to be a dud. So not only is my 20 to 25% down payment stuck inside of that unit, not only is that unit stuck on the market, but if it's a dud of a market and it goes down, now I could actually be getting even less money back. Well, that's a good point because in there you're trying in, you know, we put 15 grand into the unit, but it's in furnishings for the most part. Right. And, and you're right. We, we're, we're, stuck to that lease unless we can sublease it right and that they may be a possibility we may be able to find a way to sublease it to another tenant to just take over the monthly payment that we have and then we just are out the furnish you know the movie fee to move our stuff to another place that's one of the risks i i would say one of the risks kish to this is having the time to operate it right that this is a business yeah and I think, you know, for some who are not, you know, very technologically advanced, you know, running some of the technology could be overwhelming. Um, if for some of those of us who, you know, don't, don't know how to, you know, set up the systems and processes, right. Don't have a, a course to follow or, you know, an instructor to get information from or coach to call, 
I, I would see there there's definitely risk there. What are other risks that you would add to this? The only other thing I would think of is um, having to do with like different municipalities and or counties or, or state laws that could change uh, basically their appetite for the short-term rental space can kind of wax and wane. And if you're in the middle of it and, you know, they say, Hey, by the way, this area no longer allows short-term rentals. You're going to have to deal with that. And, and I think that you could probably mitigate that on the front end, dealing with your leases, like, Hey, by the way, this is predicated on this. And, uh, if for some reason we weren't able to operate the business from your unit because of a state or local change, we would need to work out a break clause or something like that. I mean, I feel like most landlords would work with you on that, but um, even at the worst case, like you said, you could try to sublease it or, or something along those lines. So um, Ernie, and I don't know, you, you've listened to us talk about this. So I, I'm going to let this question be to you and don't worry, we'll come in and, and save you. But Curtis asked the question from the inner circle, is this more of a side hustle or is this more like a full-time job? What's your opinion? Because you've been you've been looking at this, whether or not you and Caroline should participate in something like this. What right. do you think? What, yeah, well, how as, do you see it? As we were evaluating it, I'll, I'll just step back one step and I'll come back to that question. On the worst case scenario, yeah, you've got that lease, but take it back to the hierarchy of wealth. Number one, this is a business that we have influence over. Our time input can, hopefully, we have some impact over the return. But secondly, we were looking at it. Yeah, if you have to pay a moving fee to get your stuff out of there, well, guess what? There's stuff <laughs> and you can sell that stuff. Maybe not get back everything that you put in for the cost of the TV and the sofa and the, the furnishings, but you can get something back. So there's collateral in a sense. So coming back to the question, I, I can't speak directly to how much time it takes, but just have been in guests in several short-term rentals on vacations somebody is there managing chat, right? If you're going to manage this yourself, you've got guests coming and going. You've got to make sure that you've got the cleaners lined up and, and schedules all aligned, supplies that are going in. And if you do that all yourself and don't hire somebody to manage those functions for you, yeah, there's definitely time input in that. And I love what you said there, influence, because that is the part that I love about being in a business and we we can influence it, right? Because we can do marketing. We can we can go in our own social channels and highlight the fact that we have a unit and a place to stay in this town. We can walk around to the neighbors who live in in the places and say, "Hey, by the way, whenever you have family or friends that want to come and visit, and you don't want them staying in your house or your apartment, I have a place next door. Here's here's a card. You can go talk to." realtors, you can talk to construction people, you can talk to um, insurance adjusters and insurance agents who are dealing with people whose houses are being repaired or people are moving to town. And you can say, hey, I have a place to stay. In addition, you have tools like Airbnb and VRBO and booking.com. That's, that's their business. They make a fee when people do that. Right. Now, what I love about this is that we have cash in insurance policies that are giving us the ability to take action. And, and we were talking about that this morning, Joey, about yeah. how valuable the, the road is or what, what is the tool or bridge or boat to get from one side of the river where we are in maybe this financial despair or financial want. And we see on the other side, we see the promised land. 
Right. And we see financial freedom. We see the ability to travel and to impact lives. And we're trying to figure out how do we get from there here to there? Is that through short-term rental? No, no. In fact, I think that's the misnomer is that so many people get so fired up about the vehicle of passive income that they miss the fact that access to cash makes those things possible. Right. And that's why infinite banking. So we're, we're, we're talking about the marriage here between short-term rental uh, as a strategy and infinite banking. And we've already talked about one, one topic there, right? JD mentioned, Hey, I don't have this pressure to pay back a loan. I can get the thing up off the ground. And now I've got a huge cash flow to start shoving back into my policy to do it all over again. The second aspect is exactly what you're talking about. Having that access to cash. And I would compare that to the, the average American is doing everything else with their surplus, but giving themselves access. They're putting it into extra debt payments. They're putting it into long-term uh, investment type vehicles like 401ks and IRAs, thinking that that's what's best for them. And so these opportunities like short-term rentals don't even enter their minds. Like It's not even a possibility because they have no access to cash. And so that's what I would say, infinite banking um, puts you in the position to take advantage of these things to create freedom today. Mark, what, what sort of like partnerships could somebody engage in to make it not so active on their part? There are a lot of avenues for that. Um, there are companies out there that will basically manage your short-term rental for you. Um, you can look into getting a virtual assistant, right? Once you have your systems in place, someone pings your ad boom, they're going to get a message. You can have the VA start automating that stuff for you. So there's ways that you can unload yourself. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to come back to this part, which is we talk about risks, you talk about concerns, you talk about how much work and effort is it going to take? Well, if you don't know what something's all about, is there danger involved? Is there risk involved? Um, I've seen a lot of people on airplanes who are white knuckled during takeoff and landing and they are just scared beyond all get out. And I'm over there passing out as the airplane's pushing back from the gate. Because for me, the, I've done the time in education that the risk of flying for me is very small because I have educated myself on those systems and procedures and things that go into it. Same thing like what the guys have done with short-term rentals, right? If you educate yourself on the short-term rental, you can help mitigate your risk for having vacancies. You can help mitigate your risk for having too much work on your plate because you'll know how to offload those systems, what areas to look at based on the customer that you are trying to serve. So again, it all goes back to, like JD said, number two, control. Control over your time, which involves you as your most valuable asset and being educated. Educated in what the guys are talking about here, which is the bridge to get you to the other side, but also educated in the vehicle that's going to help fund a lot of those things along the way. So JD, talk about your, your experience and what do you see going forward? Like how, like, obviously you run a, a business, you have, uh, I don't know, a hundred kids. It seems like every time you turn your video on, there's at least two crawling over your shoulder. So how, how are, how are you managing uh, to do all the things that you do and still have a short-term rental? Yeah. Um, you know, getting it started is, is the most time consuming part, but once it's up and running, it, it almost self manages itself. 
Yeah, because you can, and that was the other thing for me is that I like efficiency. I want to be able to put things into a system and let a system manage as much as that as possible, so I can be hands off. Like, so I'm naturally drawn more to turnkey style opportunities, right? Because my whole objective, and this is one of the things I love about our message, is to stop trading time for money. And so I'm willing to pay a little extra to get that time back. And so there's technology and all kinds of things out there that can help you automate most of the communication with, with, with your tenants or, or with your guests, um, which has been super valuable. So when I get an, an inquiry and a message immediately goes out and lets them know, Hey, these, the, the, the home is available during these dates. Um, you know, and so they immediately get a response or whatever it is like, so, so I don't have to manage a lot of that, which is really, really nice. And beyond that, you know, it's, it's maybe a couple things here and there. So it really doesn't take a tremendous amount of time, at least, you know, for, for, for what we're doing right now, um, that would require, you know, me to have to put, to not be able to do what I do, which is this, and to be able to manage that at the same time. Well, I mean, we were on a call just the other day, J, um, JD and Ernie with a guy that manages, how many did, did John say that they had 50? And he obviously, just like every app on your phone, it'll tell you how many hours a week you spend on your phone. How many hours a week did he say he spends on Airbnb, Smart BNB? He said it was about three hours a week. So that's where all of the inquiries and technology time where he would be there communicating with clients or, or with uh, guests. And we said, well, have you handed that off to a virtual assistant so that they are, they're managing that for you? What did you say? He said he actually wants to hold on to that function because he uncovers things throughout that process. Even as little time as it is, he'll figure out that, you know, they want to stay longer or they've got a, they can't fit this property, but they could fit another property that he's working with. And so he, he's just like, I, I feel like those opportunities would be missed if I handed that off. And he said also at the, uh, the two to three hours a week that he's spending doing that, he goes, I don't see how I could adequately pay someone. And for the little amount that I pay them, there's no way they would be looking for the, for those opportunities that Joey yeah. just mentioned. So, you know, there's different functions of the business. Clearly we were talking to somebody yesterday who said that when she first started doing this, she was cleaning her own units. Yep. And that, and that obviously becomes an issue, right? I mean, that, that's a, uh, it, this, this is a really interesting fact. I didn't know this until this yesterday. How long, Ernie, do you think the expectation for a cleaner is in a one bedroom, 700 square foot unit? How long would you tell them that they should expect to be there? 30 minutes. That's about what I thought. It was 90 minutes. Yeah. I was going to say longer than 30 90 minutes, minutes sure. to two hours is what the, the cleaner should expect to be there. And, and do it and, properly and, and make and about $35 an hour or $35 a clean. I'm sorry. Wow. So because of laundry, I'm guessing what it takes to well, do it's laundry, but they're going through every single part of the, of the unit and making sure it's 100% clean. You can't just assume something was used, wasn't that, used. Yeah, whatever. You, you have to treat everything like it's been used and you clean it from that point of view, because if somebody finds a hair, on, on the floor, here on a pillow. I mean, think about that. It just it throws off the whole deal. So it's just to me, it's amazing that if you were trying to do that all by yourself, it could be really time consuming. And but there's people that, thankfully, this world people want to to have wants to do that. Somebody wants to be a cleaner. Somebody wants to be a virtual assistant to to answer you know calls at night or whatever it is. 
all of those things could be handed off. And how do we use IBC to do this is literally that if we go through the numbers, Joey, this is what we're about to do inside the inner circle. We'll actually take the case study, but we're going to like, we talk about like, what does it take to get into it? Maybe it's 15,000, maybe it's 20,000. Okay. Well, how could we start a policy, take a loan against that policy to get the unit going and then take the cash flow that came from that to replenish the loan. Which by the, by the way, let's just not assume something. Why would you tell somebody to put the money in a policy before starting this business? Well, because I, I know why, but why? What's the best time to plant a, uh, a tree, Aaron? I'm still going with today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best time you have unless you watch Back to the Future like I did with the kids yesterday. You could get into DeLorean and go backwards, right? If, that if you had the DeLorean. You could go backwards, and that would have been the best time, right. next okay. best times today. I'm with you. Come on, McFly. So that's the purpose, right? We're starting a, a business that's going to have profit, and each and every year, just like all businesses, if they're working properly, are going to get that much more profitable each and every day, each and every month, each and every year. And so why would I start the policy and then take a loan? It's because I want the, the policy to be as pot, as old as it possibly could be. Well, and this is what I want to bring up is you can do short-term rentals with just cash, right? So what's the so what of having infinite banking along with short-term rentals is because you can build two businesses at the very exact same time. You can literally use the same dollar to build two businesses. And, and that's why we use this vehicle, not because we love life insurance. It's because it's the functionality that allows us to be more efficient and get to financial freedom as fast as possible. Not to mention the legacy that we've built on autopilot. Well, I think that's, the, that part, down. that's the part that gets missed is what, what will happen after we're no longer here and our brains are no longer operating those who are left behind to acquire all these assets, how simple will it be for them? And I think the more we simplify that through systems of getting cash, the better off we are. All right. Parting words here, Mark. Get educated. Get educated. All right. JD. Regardless of what path you decide to choose, you know, because of the discipline of, of, of saving and having access to capital, that's what made this opportunity an option. Right. And, and so I just, I'm, I'm, um, that's another, I think, benefit of, of having IBC is because you have access to capital. And, and that's the reason why we were able to take advantage of this. Ernie, final shot. Peanut butter and jelly. Is IBC the peanut butter or is IBC the jelly? Doesn't matter. I'd say it's the peanut butter. It's the stickiness, man. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Sticker. It's got more substance to it. Yeah. And I mean, protein. Joe, Joey's, um, Joey's has got more nuts in it. You're crunchy. I'm not, I'm not really sure what to say. <laughs> I'm just saying point. you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Thank you. Crazy nuts. Now my parting shot would be join the inner circle. If you're not in the inner circle, you're missing out. People are literally getting their questions answered live on a podcast. And not to mention, we're about to dive in and go deeper into the actual case study where you can see the numbers and you can see this for yourself, apply it to your own situation. There's no way you're not going to get further along faster by being a part of this group. You yeah. go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle and you can join. We have a free trial and everything. All right. Can I, can I also plug our STR mastermind? Is that okay? Please. And we, we've been, we've been doing this for a while now and we, 
are teaching people how to get that first $500 within 90 days by learning from the operator who Joey and I have partnered with. So a lot of questions have come up. Can you partner with somebody so it can be passive for you? The answer is yes. You just have to find the right person who who's willing and able to run the business and you can put up the capital and you guys can partner together both from um, money and uh, financial and business savviness uh, and input and have somebody else who's doing the day-to-day. So if you would like to learn some of those things from that individual, go to wealthwildwallstreet.com forward slash STR mastermind. We do have a, our, our March group is already sold out. Um, but we have another group that will be starting in May. So um, please look uh, look that up and take advantage of the opportunity to join um, nine to 10 other people on that journey to financial freedom through STR. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, adding input. Let's dive into the inner circle. And as always, as you're listening to this, we, we appreciate you and hope you have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.